Ooh, okay. I can't turn the lights off because then people complain. Why? Why is this full of light off? But the Pond Theater. I'm Spooky hey. Days and Spooky Cody and Justin. Ooh. Ooh. Whoa. Uh, uh. The very spooky weekend because you got two horror movies to talk about. Not one, but two. The frights. Oh my gosh! The, this weekend we are graced with the threequel to The Conjuring. The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, the other horror movie. Well, it's been out for a week, but I, I finally got to see it with a friend because uh, she really wanted to see it with me, and I wanted to see it with her. So we actually got back from doing that earlier today. So we'll have a spoiler talk. And it's, it's been out for a week, and you know, a lot of people have seen it, or that, that maybe some people just are waiting for it to come on VOD because they don't feel about the movie. I'm going to actually talk about the movie theater experience that I've uh, had. Well, if they want to wait 45 days, they can get it on Paramount Plus in 45 days. Speaking of Paramount Plus, they started releasing content. Uh, so here's an, another thing I'll throw. Uh, they, they, they started releasing content on there again, which is great in, in a way. So they just put out the Rugrats. I saw all five episodes, so I'm going to share my thoughts on this reboot. And my little brother gave me a gift for my birthday. That was uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins, so I'll talk about that. And I even Okay, that's where that came from. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, he just said, here, here's your birthday. Happy birthday. Here you go. I just found it off of a, a dollar store i was like uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah i'll just review it and you know that because i got it you, you gotta honor the gifts even if they're credit movies oh shoot <laughs> so and, and kind of how we're doing it we're gonna put uh, quiet place part two last because that will be the one that will be spoiler so i'll just go on with all these others and but before that, I will say it's almost a, a joyous weekend. I mean, how are you guys doing today, or like your week? Pretty good. Just been uh, working here um, in San Bernardino. Oh, right, for your uh, thing. Your I say, well, no, this this is for uh, Wild and Out, the new Wild and Out um, season. You know that MTV show that Nick Cannon did? 16 years ago well it's still going <laughs> okay yeah R- right now like oh i mean i man i barely remember what nick cannon did i just the last thing i heard of a nick cannon related thing it was another actor filmed a video saying nick cannon could you suck my dick I mean, you will you will you will suck my dick Jesus. yeah nick cannon nick can suck my dick I, I, it was good I forgot the actor was, but he was actually a child actor who grew up to kind of act really crazy. That's kind of the the worrisome thing for people who are very young and who are in the acting field or in some sort of creative. And I'm not discouraging it. That's a great thing. Like, in fact, that sort of that that dispels the stereotype that some older generation people have against younger generation that they cannot succeed in in town and they cannot be that intelligent they're all they are just rowdy 
kids that just want like the most uh, uh, ridiculous things. And I, you know, I, I, I hate that stereotype, but I, I do feel worried sometimes whenever there's a kid after actor suit gets very successful. Cause I do not know what they will be in 10 years. But yeah, that's basically what I know about Nick Cannon. <laughs> I'm sure he's been in something that I've seen. It's just for some reason that was the latest, last thing I ever heard of him. I think the last movie he was in was Shy Rock or Shy Rack. I haven't I seen that. Know. Is that good? I know I it's basically Spike Lee's take on Lysistrata. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's in inner city Chicago instead of ancient Greece. It's about gun violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Cody, who has a wife and kids, all that? Are they going to movie theaters? Well, me and my wife did go see A Quiet Place 2 oh, yesterday sick. afternoon, and it was a fairly small screening. I think there was uh, a family behind us, and the rows were really far back, and then there was like a couple and then two teenagers and they were further rows down. So it wasn't a big crowd. It was like a pretty small audience. Yeah, actually, let me just go ahead and address that with the movie theaters. Cause this, this was also my first going back to the movie theater experience after a year and a half, actually, or the last time, last thing it was basically Emma and uh, that Disney Pixar movie came out uh, or outward or, Onward, yeah. Onward. And coming back to it, I think the thing to address because there are businesses, or there are people out there that are scared to go out and, for right reasons. And actually, my friend that I saw with my, my sweet nature and like just amazing human being uh, friend, uh, who, I mean, who goes by like her costly handles, Scriber Tales, but she's a web designer and uh, d- does a lot of like talented tech related things but you know it was great spending time there in person after a while uh, of being isolated but she told me something that was very important that she went to walmart and everywhere she go nobody was wearing masks nobody was social distancing nobody was giving a flying crud so it's important at that there are people are going to still be afraid about movie theaters so lisa i can only say for cinemark i cannot speak for amc or any of the other theater chains but for my experience going to cinemark north texas they have addressed everything almost and but the main important thing is that all the employees are wearing masks they are exercising social distancing uh, and they also have like clean like disinfection like they, they basically clean everything like it smells nice in there then when it got into the auditorium because this is an important thing and some theaters have done this before or maybe it's what other theaters are going through but for cinema you would select a theater or a seat and Whatever seat you select, the two adjacent seats would be crossed out. Nobody can sit right next to you or right next to you and your friend, family member, what have you. So that ensures that there's there, or things are spaced out. And then also the air conditioning. It's cool. like they have a, I forgot what, what sort of 
or materials they use, but it's some sort of like clean air conditioning to where you don't have to worry about like breathing being circulated uh, up the ceiling. Cause that's something, if you hear about the reports of COVID-19 is that it could spread via air conditioning or the ventilation. They were prepared for all of that. Yeah. Justin's not here for some reason. He's trying to get back. Maybe he got disconnected. Okay. Well, oh no. Oh, there he goes. There we go. Yay. Justin's back. Or he's going to be uh, back. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want to say before we get in, because just real quick, I got a new router. And so you may have seen like the last time I had to move in my bedroom because we kept on getting cut out, disconnected a lot. And I switched from AT&T to Sunlink. So my internet speeds are high above the minimal average. And that is awesome. So that definitely helps with this. And also uploading, I could even consider putting out YouTube videos or streaming. And that's something I'm going to look into and maybe get that out next week. But I'll, you know, one thing at a time. But uh, that's definitely helped me a lot. So good stuff all around. Oh, well, now it's time to start talking about our lineup uh, with the movie that hit theaters and HBO Max this week. The Conjuring! The devil made me do it. This whole universe, as it now is, is based off of pranks by two people. Do you know about the history of like where these movies are inspired? Because you hear in the advertising, based off of a true story, that this actually happened, all of it. I know that the people Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are playing were known people that supposedly dealt with like demon possession cases and things that dealt with the occult. That's all I know. Yeah, well, the whole origin of the, the, the Conjuring universe came from two people who just went and told everybody that, yeah, the reason why all these people that you see in these neighborhoods like are acting crazy because the demons the devil is here like he is real evil spirits exist so you know i'm not saying that because i know they're very religious people i'm kind of in the middle where i i respect religion i'm not focused on it but that's why i'm agnostic i'm gonna say that if you looked at any of these movies like wow th this actually happened please stop because these are all lies that this is based off of even though you hear recordings because this is how what the, these movies do is they'll manipulate you into thinking wow all of this is real no like these people had drug or overdoses they had lots of horrific health issues but demons i'm sorry if they exist not to the extent of what these people created so keeping that in mind, people still loved The Conjuring. The Conjuring 1 and the two and 2. People even said uh, Ouija... I don't know if Ouija 2 is uh, with The Conjuring universe. It It isn't, but I heard the one, and I think it's a prequel that Mike Flanagan directed, was pretty decent. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, and then of course you have Annabelle and uh, uh, The Nun, or Lila Rona. I'll tell you, I have not seen any of these. This is my first of the Conjuring universe. You haven't seen one or two? Oh. No. Wow. I haven't seen any of the Annabelle movies. Or The reason why, and I'll, I'll tell you this, mm. this is what kind of detracted me from the horror genre, 
is that I am sick and tired of a movie trying to get by on just the the easy jump scares. Like we're gonna make a movie, we're just gonna have monsters go boo at you, and that's to me that is boring for a horror movie to rely so much on that and not do anything. I mean, the other mo- the movie I just saw today, a lot more clever things than what a lot of the horror movies that people love going to see in theaters for. So yeah, I avoided most of the Conjuring universe, but I was like, okay, people said great things about Conjuring 1 and 2, so I know I'll skip to number 3 because it's the recent one and it's premiering on HBO Max in theaters at the same time. Though directed by a different director instead of the first two. Yeah, James Wan didn't do this one. I heard the guy that did the La Llorona spinoff directed this one. So this is trying to link the others together but i mean about a a little exorcist that went wrong trying to heal a kid and uh that kid ended up uh, killing someone which later on it led to a court case and they're they're trying to prove no it wasn't actual murder it was demons they they caused all this we need we need to be proved that if if uh, someone can hold the bible and uh, speak truth to the lord they need to speak truth about the devil as well let me just get right down this movie's freaking stupid <laughs> like <laughs> for something that i hear again only going by this one i hear is like while these movies are scary you will not sleep at night when you watch annabelle or conjuring or the nun the the way this movie goes about its jump scares which there are lots of it it's so campy that I actually confused this for a comedy. Like, I was not scared one bit by this movie because all the time, you you have to make everything look over the top and fake. Like, all the... I mean, the the whole idea of The Conjuring is, oh my gosh, is this real? Or they're seeing things? What's going on here? And at least with this movie, I mean, one regardless of whether or not you know the history behind the inspiration for the conjuring universe you could look at this and go no way did these things actually happen no way did a zombie hand pulls a lady's leg from a cliff like they're getting so lazy with these jump scares like they're just like okay they're in this situation what do we find just to go boo and that's all the movie is because you think there's a story that i mean there there is a story there's actors really trying to sell this like a drama but i was like no i don't know or care about any of these people and all the horror elements of this don't work like yeah i'll tell you this movie does not make me want to go back and watch conjuring one or two it's like okay these movies just got by on scaring like the the wimpiest. And I don't mean by wimpiest because like every, every everybody has different levels of what they're scared of and what. But man, I I have to sit someone down. If someone actually found this frightening and and exhilarating, I have to sit someone down and just show just a quiet place one or get out or it's like those Stephen King movies, even if. A lot of them aren't great. They're better at producing horror than what this Conjuring movie is doing. Instead, I look at it 
laughing at how cheesy it is and then when it tries to be dramatic i am bored because this is almost two hours so i i don't i mean you guys probably seen more conjuring movies so maybe you get got the maybe there's something deep going on here i don't know well i would say go back and watch the first two they're much better movies and part of that and they are more frightening i would say that because we're missing james wan's direction in this film that's what's missing. Um, all your complaints are legitimate, and I see where you're coming from, but I enjoy Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as these characters, and even though this is not as good as the first two films, for what it is, it's fine. I had a decent time watching it. I kind of enjoyed the investigation they went on, and it was interesting that there was a different type of villain here. I'm not saying this is like good stuff, but for what it is, and if you're a fan of the genre, I think you might like it or the franchise. But yeah, James Wan's direction is definitely missed, and the other two films are definitely more frightening. Like this film was not scary at all. And I kind of would have liked to have seen like a courtroom drama of them trying to convince the jury that it was a devil possession that would have been an interesting take to take this movie but we're here to see these two this husband and wife duo fighting the demonic forces and doing their thing and i kind of enjoyed like it being like an investigative film you know let me say that's something that i felt it couldn't work i didn't think it was executed well because again for me you could have something that sounds great on paper i actually would like a film as part a detective investigation and a horror movie i'm not asking for this movie to scare the heck out of me i'm just reacting to how other people while they're like man these movies are so spooky uh, i peed my pants watching because they're so scary and, and the storytelling is so good like they they're they're like hardcore dc fans going like you want know Warner Brothers, you need to have the people who work on the Conjuring universe run the DC universe. Seeing this, heck no. Warner Brothers, you keep the Conjuring universe away from DC. I, if it, if it's, if it has anything to go by this movie, or from what I hear about, like with the Nun and La Llorona, or I, I've seen part. Okay, so I've seen parts of Annabelle. So, and the parts I've seen of Annabelle not good of the, uh, the first spin-off one. movies i've seen i would say you're not missing anything don't don't bother with the spin-offs but from what i gather it's just different made up creatures that the movie's manipulating you to think that this is true even if there's like some elements it, that's why what the movie is trying to get you at is that okay since we have some people that are real and we have our recordings played at the end that didn't this is real that this happened these demons they're real no this is the corniest thing i've ever seen and yeah i don't know i I couldn't bring myself to like it for any positive thing just that the actors they were not the problem of it like i i like the actors and actresses and i think they could do it well had they had, had the script been not as sloppy as it was but 
Uh, Justin, what do you think? Um, yeah, this movie's not good. Uh, it's it lives in and then dies after the first ten minutes. Um, <laughs> it it li- it dragged on. The only thing good about this movie is Patrick Wilson's performance. Everything else, it, even Vera, it looked like she just did not want to be there. Um, I bet they just really wanted James Wan back. And, and unfortunately, this movie, it fails because he's not the director. Um, it's doing okay. 6.7 on uh, IMDb compared to The Conjuring's 7.5. But um, it's, uh, it's just, it just wasn't scary. I don't get scared of movies, but what I really dislike is, um, is possession, possession movies. So like oh, yeah. The Exorcist not a good film you know but it what it revolutionized horror uh but it's just not it's just not scary none of it's scary they say it's based on a true story but what probably really happened was the guy stabbed somebody he blamed it on being you know uh somebody yeah, came yeah. and took over his body it's never real Guys, this is not this is I know we're living in a universe, but don't tell me it's based on a true story and then tell me that ghosts and stuff are, are embodying people because it's not true. It, it's never going to be real. This is so just a fake thing that they just kind of um, built on a, a true stories, true uh uh, police you know investigations um but i completely agree i totally think if they had like the the trial of the kid and and would you know try to uh make make everyone believe the jury believe that he was possessed that would have been interesting but you know they really did this just this fail. i don't get scared in movies ever the, the jump scares were i can see coming from a mile away oh yeah uh, <laughs> It's just not, yeah. this movie just wasn't fun. The first two are so much fun. This one is just not. It just seemed like they they knew that they had a franchise that they can just keep going for. And then The Devil Made Me Do It. That's your subtitle. Like, you didn't have any for the first two. Why did you have one for this one? This is so lame. The Devil Made Me Do It. I, I, I think it was just a way to get, you know, this did is just they a- do that because of where they loosely base the plot from, from, cause isn't this case, the guy said the devil made me do it. Yeah. 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 I mean, there is a lot of Bible talk in this movie, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, no problem with that, but um, uh, it just, it's, it's just, it felt really, really flat. I, just like you said, it's, it's boring. Um, and yeah, just not as fun. The Nun, the first Annabelle, and then Conjuring One and Two. Those are fun movies. Those are fun. Uh, and if you have seen the Annabelles, then you get the little joke that you know they said, "Hey, come over to my house, and we'll introduce you to Annabelle." And then all of a sudden, yeah. she's like, "In." Like that's a small joke that it, it, only if you've seen these movies do you get. But yeah, uh, this is definitely the worst of the six now in this series. Um, <laughs> yeah. And one of uh, one of the worst movies that I've seen this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I really like Patrick Wilson's performance, though. I thought he really acted his balls off. He really was in it. Vera was just so flat uh, and not as um, engaging as she was in the first two and in all of her other movies. I feel like she just was kind of there, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you completely. Yeah, Yeah, he he was like the one person I was. I want. I mean. I didn't think the acting was that bad, but the script is what just tore people down. But 
yeah, they, they I, why I even am gonna put it on one of the worst movies of the year because when you even go by what this movie wants to sell mostly, and that's jump scares because that's the reason why that they because kid, uh, kid they teenage young kids, well, not young kids, but adults, they, they want to go to the theaters with their girlfriend, be scared, and, and jump and everything. And the, the way these jump scares are so lazy is they have a long period of time where a character is just looking out over there is like, well, what's that? And then they, they, they're they uh, lurking in the hallway. The camera pans for it. And you can tell something's going to jump. And, and they, they, they it's like the character looks at you and goes like, okay, this is where I'm going to get scared by. Okay. Hey, hey are, you, are you paying attention? Okay. And boo! Oh my gosh! So suspenseful. And there, it's like, and then what? When the demons come in, they're they're all again. They're like, it's like Evil Den. They're all just laughing like, oh, 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 like I could not take anything seriously, even when they're bending bodies forward and, and like the the. It's like okay. If you really want this to be scary, you gotta stop making it so goofy. If that really truly happened, then when they come, when that body comes out of them, when that uh, demon comes out of them, their bones would be broken. They wouldn't be able to walk. They would. They they were bending <laughs> like like there's there's no way you would walk normal after that. It, it just doesn't make any sense. If you're gonna do that, then do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, anyway avoid that uh, uh, yeah avoid i mean people in my theater they were going to see quiet place for two so i don't think this movie is even taken off anyway uh, uh i don't think any movies should be a void but this is a low decent okay it's fine Watch it on HBO Max. If you like the Conjuring stuff, you might be okay with it. But if you're not a fan, don't watch it. It's fine. It's like a lesser decent episode of a TV show you love with those characters. But you're only watching it because you like the characters. It's not like one of the episodes you're going to be like, that was one of my favorites. I think for what it is, it's fine. It's not the worst movie of the year. There's been way worse garbage out like what? I thought Mortal Kombat was more boring than this movie. Oh boy! And Charming, uh, come on, that's a trash fire. Well, okay, Charming <laughs> is still on the Charming is still on the bottom of the barrel, but Mortal Kombat, there were some things that I liked and I thought were fun. Either. I this I I did not. I it was like, wow, th- this is one of the laziest horror movies I've ever seen. D- d- just by let's what talk you're about to the sell. better horror movie though. We will, act, I mean, but we're going to put that with spoilers, but we, uh, we will just in, in time. <laughs> the, the other thing that came out this week, or actually last, but it, kind of this week, uh, uh, people have been wondering, do, do we need Paramount Plus? It's interesting because uh, I think Oh Quiet Place 2 was supposed to be on a, or Paramount Plus. Instead, it's theaters only. I, yeah, I don't know what Paramount is doing with this, but now they're starting to release content on the platform. 
because back when I talked about Paramount Plus with with uh, just Cody, it was about SpongeBob uh, and Sponge on the Run and uh, the, the Cam Coral show. And, and my basic overall impressions is that I don't think Paramount Plus is a bad streaming service, but it's a streaming service that's suffering the same issue as Apple TV, where it's not providing uh, a healthy variety of content right out of the gate. Fact, almost empty if, unless if you're a huge fan of star trek even if it, the, the price of admission is cheap like 690 or 599 per month it may be still something you gotta wait on until they release more things they got all these big projects for paramount plus that aren't even going to be here until 2022 so i was like all right what, what about the gonna... Mark Wahlberg movie oh we're <laughs> gonna get to that that's coming out next week but now we have another another trip to nostalgia i guess but it's interesting with the last one when i talked about camp Corral, i was like oh my gosh it looked it, it, it was such a confusing show as like trying to be muppet babies for spongebob and also look cheap as heck and that show bombs like they're already making another new spongebob like show and it's going back to 2d animation so I will keep that in mind as I talk about Rugrats, which is another show that received controversial opinions on its trailer. Now, the original Rugrats is very loved. It's about these group of talking babies who don't understand the adult world and they get themselves into different trouble because or trouble because of that. So this reboot says, hey, what if we take the Rugrats make it CG, and put it in the modern-day setting. Man, that is innovation for reboots. Like, just taking it in and and putting in modern references. Well, people reacted to the clip saying, this looks horrifying, the animation. And I wanted to give it a chance. Because, you know, I'm not against them doing different... I know everybody wants to be CG. 2D animation is kind of... uh, on its last legs or not really but you know not a lot of people are doing 2d i wanted to give it a chance and right out of the gate i'll say the animation's not bad it's actually a lot better than camp coral because camp coral was so horrifically uh like like it looked like a 2001 show like or, or at least it looked almost as good as the original toy story movie that's how bad the animation was with camp coral this they put a lot more money into it they they add some nice lighting effects and and with the water it still doesn't look great and the reason is is because everything still moves fast like those quick cg animations where every character is nodding their head and then when they see something big they're like whoa And, and like they're just moving all quick and everything but it doesn't look as terrifying when you actually see it what I will say is this reboot also confused the heck out of me because this is what I don't get with some of these reboots. It's a reboot, but all of the cast members who originally voiced like Tommy, Phil and Dill and all the other kids, they're all reprising their roles. Wait, didn't the actress that voiced Chucky die? Oh, no, there is one who did pass away, and that's the voice of Tommy's dad. So I'll get to that. But, you know, this is the whole thing about actors when they age, and I'm not trying to be ageist here, but when you're doing a reboot and you're not even looking at Peanut, how Peanuts did it, because Peanuts has had a reboot and, and a resurgence. 
and you know they're able to still keep it timely and everything and yet they're able to update things like the voice acting all of them are voiced by actual kids and with this when you have full-grown adults who are now 60 voicing babies you start to feel the age like all these kids they don't sound like kids anymore and that is super weird like they sound like grandmas trying to sound like kids and that's not even trying to be like ageist or anything but you look at those like okay you can't really capture this voice 20 years later yeah but with the adults they did recast them so i was like okay you're gonna update the adults but not the kids that is so weird so what it boils down to with, with the show is that it's trying to be like rugrats as you remember them all their personalities are exactly the same as if nothing ever happened but we're gonna make everything modern day so we will change a few characters to make them fit with the times so for example uh grandpa he's not a uh, snoring like uh old man who's just kind of like oh i'm i'm just gonna fall asleep what 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 did he say no instead he's very outgoing and active he's teaching yoga to babies <laughs> and going on dates so he he's living the life and 70 or 80 years old i that's that's probably the one thing i, I kind of like i thought well, that was cute except for i'm gonna get to it but and then that's there's, Stu's dad, right? Yeah, Stu's dad. And Dylan Phil's mom, she runs a small business. She runs a coffee shop. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And yet that is followed up with something that is questionable. Because I, I tried to work with the show. I was like, it, this, when it started, it didn't look so bad. You know, every the kids are playing pretend like kids do. And, you know, they're having fights, or not fights, but, you know, they don't have a good relationship with uh, the bratty girl, I forgot her name, but, or no, Cynthia, not, no, Cynthia is the name of the doll, no, never mind. Oh, the Angelica. Angelica, 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 there we go, Angelica. And and you're like, all right, okay, so what's the problem here? Well, it's trying to be old school, and then it's a way of being new school. Often, more often than not is rather mean-spirited which is odd for a show that's supposed to be aimed at kids what i mean by that is the the show after it gets to its opening of kind of the playfulness of regrets then we go into making jokes about gen z and how all the younger generations they always want to be on their phones and take selfies and be instagram stars i was like okay this is what snl did and they caught flack for it because they were trying to make fun of gen z and everybody's like no gen z isn't as you guys gotta stop acting like bill maher (laughs) (laughs) and that's actually Uh. the brief thing i could say is it feels like rugrats except the jokes were written by someone like bill maher because aside from uh, taking shots at Gen Z and things that don't even make any sense, they they take shots at people who like video games. Because uh, Uncle Stu or Grandpa Stu is like, you overgrown children with your video games and your technology, you need to be going outside. And it was like, oh my god. Really? Right. 2021. We're still here. I thought we ended with uh, Fearless, but apparently Rugrats wants to 
get to be a part of the game. And I was like, all right, you're just kind of missing the mark here because it's just getting by on nostalgia of the original show while not completely getting the original show. I'm not asking for it to. I like when it's doing things new. I mean, there's the it, the show gets so weird that it actually talks about criminals later on. And I thought that was kind of <laughs> I was like, all right, it's it's being ballsy for something that is for kids, I guess if you want to say. And they're even going to a band called Y2K. I was like, all right, so we're making jokes about uh the, the apocalypse, but again it's it it uh it, it's very uh lost in in what it's trying to do between i'm here for the fans and the fans are finding the animation horrifying so by then you have to be different the way you're being different is by kind of uh <laughs> p- picking on the people who don't really deserve to be picked on and i'm not saying hey when, when you're doing comedy yeah roast everybody the, the there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, Animaniacs is probably a better example. That had a reboot on Hulu, and they treated that like a sequel. So you knew the character's age. Because, yeah, voice, the voice actors, they're going to get old. And they poked fun at that. They, they were able to play around with new ideas. And not all of them worked, but it works much better here, where it, it just feels like, hey, we're the same old... Rugrats you remember but I'm like no because I don't remember Rugrats trying to uh, talk down to me as someone who runs a gaming podcast hosting platform that also is favorable to streaming all these things that the movie makes or that the show makes fun of and 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 then it gets so weird like why okay so Dill Tommy's dad Dill he goes from loving video games and the video game he plays is this again not even catching up with the times it's basically doom like the old doom from the dos era i was like that's not what people are playing anymore and then having all those like pixel sound effects like this is an 8-bit i'm like all right but then he becomes an inventor i don't remember this was a part of the original show but he builds a almost like a, a transformer robot that can go up to space and has like attack sensors. I was like, okay, why aren't you working for the government? Because I I know this is a kid's show, but I mean, I I can't not put the logic out of it. It's like, all right, it's just getting weird and you're either going to roll with it or not. But by the end, do I want to see another season of this? No, because... Really, I just want to go back to the original Rugrats, which is on Paramount Plus, but you can see the contrast that the art style of Rugrats is so unique. And even though, yeah, you could say maybe it's ageist because, you know, uh, people who are elderly, they like to go out and party today. They're not, you know, in an old folks home like old cartoons are like, but but you're kind of being discriminatory towards other people. And then it, it, I just kind of look at that. I was like, this, I don't even know if people were asking for this. Were people asking for a Rugrats reboot with CG animation? Because that, that's what confused me about watching this. It's like, it's not horrible, but it's so unnecessary. So yeah, I mean, I would give it a low decent for the few times it gets weird that I 
it does get a chuckle out of me but most of the time it's either pissing me off of how how much it it doesn't understand its audience and then just kind of tire me out with with just forced nostalgia like tommy having his trusty screwdriver as like okay yeah is I, the I brother the around or is it just the original no. ca- okay so this is this the is, original characters this is what gets me they they had didn't they have an asian kid too yeah chucky's um dad married a lady who had a daughter she is not in the show well so she was like, wasn't an original character they introduced her in one okay. of the movies but and this is kind of my thing for other because the issues i have with this is also the issues i have with most like mediocre animated films is, is the idea of just being trendy because they're, they're like even uh chucky's dad says hey dill look at this this uh, this invention you made it's fire i was like oh my god really i know i see your look yeah they said that on the show i was like okay wow you you're so lazy with this so yeah isn't uh isn't the twins mom a lesbian now is she uh they don't really explore that in in the show Uh, at least from at least right now with these five episodes they don't do that instead they try to go with random weirdness like like which is fine I, i like when weird is weird but sometimes that's what it's trying to sell itself on that or nostalgia and you know all that is not working when you're not even being true to how but the, the what Rugrats really needs it needs something and i know this is controversial because a lot of people don't like the show for, for some reason uh Rugrats all grown up it needs to advance something like that where maybe the kids are adult and they're trying to look back at wow th- this is all the stupid things we did when we were babies and now we have to teach other babies not to get into trouble you can teach people about parenting there's so many ways you could go about bringing the Rugrats back but they go with the laziest thing despite that it's not horrible it's yeah, so, uh, well, hey, they're rebooting iCarly, so I'm going to be <laughs> checking, checking out that. Was there a demand for that, too? Apparently, I mean, if there, I, I don't know, because people are hating on the Rugrats, so I, I, I don't know. It's funny, because one of the actresses behind iCarly, in an interview, they're like, hey, uh, where, where did Sam go, or the actress who played Sam? Oh man, we really love her for her to come back in this uh, reboot we're doing, but she has better things to do. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait. I I want to see it because I was like, all right, I like Miranda Cosgrove. I want her to succeed. I'm gonna give it a chance. I wish this next thing would be better, but uh, well, Jim Carrey uh, talking to penguins. <laughs> the, so and, and yeah how why we're reviewing this because I'm just i'm clearing out space because uh it, you know they my brother gave this to me for and, and, and thank him for that that's great i mean giving a gift i i must appreciate that now with, with jim carrey i am a fan of it he's a great actor he, you know he's great with being a comedian and at least he, he's able to sell a lot of energy he's able to uplift a script if, if, if the movie could be bad but you could look at jim carrey go like well you know at least he was giving it his all whether or not you enjoy the jokes that he made 
And, you know, I'm loving that he's back as uh, Dr. Eggman. With this, though, he, I mean, right, right at the start, this already, I'm already kind of getting some worried somewhat with how this is going. Jim Carrey plays a businessman who's getting some great success. The, the problem is he's a jerk. Yeah, he's kind of acting very uh, snarky and uh, not, not, not exactly the best person. So someone mails him a box what appears to be a souvenir like a statue of a penguin then suddenly magic the penguin dethaws and comes to life and later there's several penguins just running around in his house so it becomes pretty much one of those kids movies of oh my gosh what is this thing uh, man get away i, I don't want to have you in my house and and then he learns and a love and being a better dad i'll say this jim carrey he throws a lot of energy to it I mean, you can definitely tell who is having the most fun. I also want to say the actor who played uh, Agent Coulson in the Marvel movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I like yeah, that actor. Clark Gregg. Yep, yeah, he's a good Clark, actor. You, you know what? I, yeah, I, for some reason, I've not seen him in many things after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended. And even though every time I see him, I, I do still think of him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But he was so good in that. He was in Moxie. Well, yeah, he was in Moxie. Yeah, he was Amy Puller's boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, he's he's can he's got a lot of charisma. I'll say besides besides uh, Jim Carrey, he was having fun with this too. As playing an antagonist, he's trying to catch these penguins and put them in the zoo. But this movie came out two thousand, I think, two thousand eleven. But like when when I looked at the previews. It came out before the third uh, Alvin Chipmunks movie, or the second one, whichever one it was. But the squeakle, the one where or they're on the boat, chipwrecked. Oh, chipwrecked. Okay, I, I, you know, <laughs> and and seeing the preview for that because that that auto that auto played in his uh, Blu-ray release. Which, by the way, my laptop does not have a DVD drive. Just to say that, show you the future of digital media is just going to eclipse physical. I had to actually turn on my P- PlayStation 4 to watch this movie. And on a flat screen, which, you know, that could be a way to watch a movie. Besides the energy of those actors... And even some other talent I, I did not even recognize was in this or for a second. Man, this, this threw at me the same tired jokes from family movies that I, not even... I can't, I can't even count how many poop jokes there are. How many times you have to see the penguin poop and we have Birds. to look at, oh my gosh, the penguin's taking a dump. Birds poo a lot. I know, but it's it's almost like the, the penguins have diarrhea because there's a point where Jim Carrey lifts up and they're just leaking poop. Like, it's a fountain down there. I was like, okay, what do these penguins eat? Like, how do you explain that much diarrhea with, with outside of just trying to be funny? But, yeah, I did not laugh at this. this there was a couple of times, maybe there was a light chuckle i don't remember because a lot of this was uh forgettable like mediocre uh, family films that you see illumination do and i was just looking at this like okay what was it that why this movie out of all the movies in the 
the, the DVD store. It was the, uh, but I guess she, he just found something and said, "Hey, you like Jim Carrey? Here you go." I was like, "Yeah," but I don't know because I could say much about this film, but it goes the same notions of all these kids' movies that I'm not a fan of. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the whole thing of <laughs> I don't like you penguins at first, but over time I'll love you, and then I. Man, at the last minute, I have to rescue you from the big bad guy because I have to make up for how much of a jerk I've been. Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah. this is based off of a book, a, kid, okay. a children's book, um, and it's for his kids. You know, this is definitely uh, some, you know, he doesn't pay attention to his kids. He gets the penguins and then now his kids are involved and him and his kids get to, you know, live happily ever after with penguins. So, I mean, it's it is text book movie family movie uh you know i really did like this because i have seen this recently um i really like that uh uh philip baker hall and jim carrey are back together again from uh, bruce almighty um because they are they're a good duo and uh, uh but also carla gugino gugino's in this and angela lansbury so we get some uh you know some lovely ladies to look at I've never seen this movie. I've heard of it. I remember that. Let me just say never right there, stop, it. stop. Don't, don't, just stop. Don't, because you're going to come back and you're going to get on me and and rightfully so, because I'll, I, right after I saw this, I was like, okay, what, all right, what was it that, about this movie that why my, my brother gave this to me? Out of all, and, and I appreciate that, but I was like, all right, I mean, this has, it's it's all the boxes of movies i'm not crazy about and i'll say yeah it works for little kids little kids like cute penguins and you see a lot of them in the movie so i i can't say it doesn't work for someone but it does not work for me this it also shows the the thing of why being timely does not work as going back to what i didn't like about rugrats but also also with this you see one of the kids they have a, a flip phone i was like wow yes <laughs> i just looking at my smartphone I was like wow well things did change since then and even when they went on youtube that is not the ui interface of youtube today and i i think that that becomes a problem when the movie tends to try to make references or jokes or about things that aren't even relevant today that's why like i'm not a fan of timely humor unless if it's actually making a statement it's actually trying to be clever or something but you're like hey you know the kids like uh, this thing and that thing let's take a crack at it it's like i mean you you couldn't but all right yeah i mean i was i was kind of like I don't say I was falling asleep, but there were times where I was just not paying attention to the movie because it was going by the same exact methods that all these other movies I've seen do. Like yeah. I was, I felt like I could walked out, grab lunch, and like kept the movie playing, come back as it's almost over. I would not even miss anything because <laughs> you're not really building on these characters. You're really giving a lot of hijinks, and then the very basic formula of family dynamic because there are so many movies like this and yeah. i can understand why 
Jim Carrey in an interview, he wanted to get away from comedy and do drama for a bit because this was probably not working out for him. Yeah. So he went back to comedy, but yeah. One of my favorite actors for sure. Um, But the movie made its money. His budget was 55. Um, uh, Worldwide gross though, 187 million. But movie is very formulaic but the director also directed one of the worst movies from last year magic camp so there you if go that, oh, if, yeah. that, <laughs> if that has any sort of uh way of you figuring out what you're getting in for just know that he directed magic camp from last year <laughs> noted avoid yeah yeah so which this is not even available on any streaming service like that i can no, think of maybe a, oh it's on hulu all right okay uh, um i give it a high decent all right okay jim jim carrey gives it the extra points so yeah well i mean well, i'll say compared to this the magic this is better than magic camp because of jim carrey he's way more charismatic than uh, adam divine like i, I wouldn't take him every day over that guy that was on our last thing which is the one thing that i thought was good <laughs> a quiet place part two which is again my returning theater experience and this takes place pretty much right after the first one left off uh spoilers ahead if yes. you are listening and have not seen the movie spoilers ahead so don't listen unless you've seen it but please don't feel like you're obligated to go to the movie theater if you don't think if you don't feel safe enough to return to the movie theater yet. But pause if you this. do, I recommend checking this movie out. Pause this and in 40 days when it comes out on VOD or whatever on Paramount Plus, watch it, then press play again and so you're not spoiled. It, only if you're not going to the movies, but but definitely re- reach out and go to the movie. This is a, a big movie made like 48 million last week it's pretty great well i mean yeah people love the first one i love the first one and the, i mean this having yeah this having uh emily blunt and or taken off as you know at the last one john even though john krasinski directing and writing this and he even decided you know in a flashback i'll have a little bit of me i mean it's my movie after all do you feel like they wanted to show that because i did like that part of the movie like showing how it all started or do you feel like well john you're directing the sequel we need you to show up somewhere in the movie even though you died in the first one i feel like there was a reason for that because there is now i think that it's a reasonable concern to have is that okay the first one was a huge success so is this sequel made because there was a narrative purpose for it? Or the first one made money. We have to go ahead and make a trilogy because there is going to be a part three. Well, I heard the reason Kerensky decided to come back and direct this one was because he knew they were going to make a sequel anyway. So he said, I'd rather be involved than somebody else do it and it not be as narratively strong connection to the first film. Which that's important. I mean, you know, it, or, uh, like a director's vision is that that's something to or favor over, you know, business. 
but you know what that thought that he had uh, which is great I mean, that's what uh, pretty much uh, Sylvester Stallone did after Rocky IV was, he was like, all right, I got to come back and, you know, clean this all up. But though, you know that you can make a trilogy of this and the studio is going to find some way to bring it back without you. So, I mean, you could make a sequel with your voice, but if they feel like pumping more of this out, I, I don't know. I mean, Paramount is weird with some things. And, and you know what? Watching this, I do feel like there is a vision going on because it, 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 in fact, if there's anything the sequel does over the first one is that it made the fir- the ending of the first one make sense. Because probably the weakest thing for me was that ending, that the last 10 minutes where it, it, it's like, all right, well, now the suspense has changed. Though with this one, they went in ahead and explained, and that's why they had the flashback. Is like, all right, maybe that's how they thought about all this. And they didn't like do flashback and forward, then flashback and forward, which is good. It also kind of showed some of the other characters. It, it explained more what exactly their long goal was, because that's something that was still a mystery with the first one. I mean, you could tell they're trying to find someplace safe. But. And you get enough backstory for Killian Murphy before you see him in the present day and where his character is. And there's a sequence between Killian Murphy and Krasinski's daughter in that opening, that prologue that pays off later in the movie. Yeah, it does. And I have to say, with, with this second one, it, it some people are going to say, all right, is this worth going to theaters? And other people are going to say, is it is it better or as good as the first? Now, to say, is this worth going to theaters? Well, you know, get, sharing my experience with Cinemark, I'm going to have to say yes. Like, I would rather see this in the theaters than at home. Unless if, you, I mean, again, if you have that theater-level system with the surround sound speakers and, and all, then maybe there is an exception to that. But if you can't afford all that, this is something that I would say is a theater going experience because whatever I have to say, whether or not the story was as good, what this was able to capture beautifully is that tension. The, I, the sound design needs just all the praise as it, as it was the first. They explored that even more here. The, the first this, one was nominated yeah. for best sound design. As well it should have been. It was amazing. And I love the premise and the execution of what they did. I thought it was brilliant. It was a brilliant um, way to do a horror film. And with this, it goes even further. I mean, part of it is it's different perspectives. I mean, you know, one of the kids is deaf. Right? So she can't, she has trouble hearing. And I love how they played around with that and some of the tense action scenes where the sound is just off but you can see what is going on and you could see some of the dangers they could be in and regarding the story i do like of what this is going to wrap up to be and it did take till where we got to the last act and uh, when they got onto the, the island I was going like, all right, so 
there is a ending to this. Like it isn't just they're gonna keep travel. This isn't the Walking Dead. They're gonna keep finding a new base to hang in for a little bit till the zombies overrun it. Now, I mean, later one of the creatures did over like sneak find their way to the island, but it isn't an infestation where you have zombie creatures. Or I don't know, maybe that's something they're building up third, and hopefully not. But you could tell they they could take down that beast, and they could be safe on that island because the only way that creature was able to get on the island was through a ship or a boat. That was the dumbest part of that movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, so th- this is, brings to another thing. There were some people who hated the first A Quiet Place. And the reason of that is, man, those kids, they always get into trouble. They never, like, be quiet and everything. Now, my argument to that, it's usually people who also don't want kids or they hate kids. So I'm just going to say you, I, 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 I just want to, and I don't want to do because I, I don't want anybody to be in the situation that these characters are going through. But if they were, they would be the first people to be screaming their lungs out. Like, you really don't know how little kids are going to handle a post-apocalyptic environment where these giant creatures can hear you by or can can sense you by uh, sound. So, you know, I... I I mean, say what you want, but again, I really don't think it makes sense to, and with the first one, and I'm talking about the first one, because the first one was also a message about parenting, because John Krasinski, he was that dad that had to look after his kids all the time. Kids around that age, they're going to be rowdy. They're going to want a rocket ship. It's cool. Well, it, not, it isn't just that, but even later, like, they're going to want to be brave. They're going to want to be like, all right, I, I want to help out. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to realize some of the things that they shouldn't. If my, if we were in this apocalypse, our family would be dead by three, three people who would just ruin it for us. Our dog, Ruby, who will bark at every single person who is not a part of the family and then my niece and nephew because they are noisy kids and really if they're in a terrifying situation they could try but it's not this is not something that you could just say oh you gotta be quiet what what are you doing and not just kids just people in general we're noisy and of course we would probably be noisy in a situation like that you know like there's not a lot of people we we can all sit here and monday morning quarterback the mistakes people make in scary movies but if there were a bunch of monsters running around murdering people we would freak out yeah no this is like the conjuring where uh you just have a random white people go what's that noise i gotta investigate no it's like you're in a situation where any sound you could make that could attract these big beasts that will just slice you into bits so now the the other comparison they make is oh well man bird box is better no no bird oh no 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 bird box is horrible this I, is a I didn't much hate better it. movie. I I didn't hate it, but Bird Box, 
it was kind of ridiculous. It was a corny movie. And they're like, oh, well, the Bird Box kids see they didn't cause. I was like, all right, well, you still had like adults and people just getting it, like, again, exposing themselves to all this. So it's like, all right, well, okay, I, you're you're doing it because of girl power. That, that's the reason. The, the script, it's not the script or anything. You just like it that the woman is leading the film. I, I get it. I feel like a quiet, the first quiet place was an ensemble between the whole family. Yeah, but but John Krasinski's a boy. We need to have it all girls. No, it's, but and the daughter takes forefront in this movie, and I thought that was great. Well, I think both kids actually. Yeah. yeah both, well, right. I've heard some people complain about Emily Blunt not having much to do in this movie, but I mean, what? that's fine. Yeah, I like that it takes more that the kids take a um, bigger part in this story. Yeah. Well, all right. So here's where I get to, and I'm not even trying to like reason with people who like are like, man, I'm Team Bird Box. However, in this movie where the parenting is not as big of a focus, I am starting to see the 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 issues with the kids not, and I'm not completely as if like I knew better. Like again. We don't know what situation we'd be if this was us. But there's times where the kids are like, hey, stay put, stay put. I'm just going to be back for a little bit. And the the son just cannot help himself. And he goes out to look for uh, Emily Blunt. And I was like, all right, well, you had every protection for you. So why would you go out there when you're already scared? She was gone a really long time, and he didn't have enough oxygen. And uh, well, all right, well, okay, maybe like the, I that, don't know what to do yeah. with this baby if he starts freaking out and crying as babies do. Yeah. All right. I well, mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, you're watching the movie. Sense. You're like, no, kid, what are you doing? Stay in the bunker. <laughs> but you know, his justification for why he's doing it is that that no that doesn't make sense when you bring it that way because yeah the t- they were looking for more oxygen and that that was important because they, they were in a, a, a spot that was uh a little bit and we found some other interesting things about these creatures now that they're in our face more the t- uh, most of the time and like in addition to hearing sound they can survive fire and that's going to lead in some tough challenges when they're they try to even solve this issue once and for all but to talk about things that i I was just not crazy i felt like the whole with with the the deaf kid and uh who's the actor who played john kaziski's best friend killian murphy killian murphy that felt like joel and ellie from the last of us i mean yeah i I was like all right are they ripping up the last of us now because especially with the creatures as they get closer they look like the fungus monsters i was like all right. Well, I mean, hey, John Grzynski, he could be a fan of Naughty Dog. I'm sure. I mean, hey, movie directors, they could be gamers too. But I was seeing it to the point where it wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to be influenced by it, but I'm going to do its own thing. No, there are moments where they straight up ripped off The Last of Us. So I was like, all right. Because they even came across like crazy people that tried to kill them. Yeah, the, I don't know if they were actually cannibals, but I'm going to say those people were cannibals. Oh, yeah. That's what I was getting from those people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's where that one scene play, plays off. Like when he asks, what, what does dive mean in sign language? 
I like when oh, movies yeah. do that too, though, when they hint something and then it pays off later. Like there was a purpose for it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Justin, I definitely agree with that, that ship just finding its way on the island. That, that was dumb. I, was I like, think sure. I joked. I was like, oh, they can't swim, but they can they can uh, operate a boat. Yeah. Well, Mike, yeah. so how did that effing boat go the exact direction of the other boat and it just like followed and it's like you know the how a boat like it just leaves a trail it just followed in its trail and it it floated right well that water must be going really fast it must be effing rapid because how did it get there so quick if you're just floating in stale water it's not going to get there so quick i mean we can pick apart things but i will say that island was awesome like that is so cool what a great reveal of what else is going on in this universe like having other people live in those houses and bungalows and creating a new world uh uh with no uh alien creatures on it is it was really really cool i really like yeah, seeing that. I, I did they had jimon hansu for yeah that, that's yeah. my one complaint hopefully he hasn't been killed off because i'm like why are you gonna bring him in the movie I know. oh he's dead he, he's I was like, there. "What? You're <laughs> wasting his talent to just show up for like five minutes and then gets murdered." They should have switched Cillian Murphy and Digimon Hewson's like character. Like Digimon should have been the best friend, and Cillian should have been there for for a little bit. Well, no, because I mean, maybe it's tight casting, but I know that Digimon Hansu he likes to play a lot of screaming roles. Well, like, I mean, between, he's got those intense yeah. eyes. I mean, yeah, so. He would kind of like get people killed because now he didn't yell as as much as loud as he did in like uh, Shazam and and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But I mean, and then Blood Diamond. Yeah. Well. Also, you talked about this having Last of Us vibes. Isn't Killian Murphy kind of playing the similar role he played in Twenty Eight Days Later too? A little bit. Yeah. He's not as thin, that's for well, sure. Well, no. <laughs> um, I loved this movie. I watched the first one uh, earlier in the week before going to see it. Had that movie not existed, this would be the best movie ever. I mean, it's, it is it is a very similar to the first one, but um, because the first one did so well and is so damn good, so like I was doing things, I put it on and then I was doing things, you know, around the, the room and stuff. And I stopped so many times during the first one, just because it's so engaging, so tense. I mean, from her stepping on the nail to the baby, to the boy at the beginning. I mean, every second of that movie is very, very, very intense. Now this one, it's less intense. There are some tense moments, but Noah Jupe, when his leg got stuck in that bear, oh uh, man, oh, yeah. he just howled. How believable was it? I mean, I'm just oh, thinking about gosh. it. Now, yeah, he, it's like I'd be screaming too. Yeah, it was just so, so damn good. And then to see Emily Blunt sort of uh, her face where she's just like, I know you're in pain, but you have to stop screaming because we will die. Uh, everything and that whole that was my favorite scene the whole part with the scope you know because looking at him 
and then and then the, the bear trap and then the kid the girl you know putting her thing to the to the uh you know speaker and having those those uh creatures die was that was my favorite favorite part of that movie it is just so suspenseful but i really enjoyed everything about it i love celine murphy's his underground like he found a way where he can you know scream like they did in the first one where uh you know with the waterfall well he had this like a furnace i guess where that's where he would stay if he needed if he wanted to hear music if he wanted to be louder than than you know obviously the world can allow him but i really enjoyed that and you know when when the creature does find that spot and breaks it open and you know the baby's in trouble noah's in trouble he's the only one there uh it is it is really tense and really suspenseful and it's it was a lot of fun this is one of my favorite movies of this year you know cody i saw on your facebook you're like hey if you like the first one this one's not as good but it's definitely worth going to the theater to see it's more than that i mean go go see it two times like it is it is so damn good and i'm glad that we have a movie like this uh this year something you know something that we can talk about that we really like and people are really enjoying and if it wasn't for godzilla versus kong this would be the number one movie of the year so far and it, and it might and it will beat it i do think it will beat it yeah i mean it will again i mean there were plenty of people in the theater seeing it i'll i'll say i'm kind of in between you two as far as what i feel about it in comparison i i would not even try to compare this to the first as much as oh which is better I feel like this is sort of a continuous story because you could watch both. Both of them are an hour and a half, I believe. So you could watch both of them together, be like a three hour film. Now with this part three, that the movie definitely leaves off to teasing. This is why I will give it a high good because it's going to depend on how they stick that landing. And if, this just becomes like a, a, a sort of a generic like end the world type movie then at, at the end of the part three then I'll be like alright at least the first two there were but I feel like John Krasinski he's pouring his heart into this to where he will not let this just be mediocre so I'll still give it a high good. It's a movie I, I definitely enjoyed. It's something that you have to, I mean, worth seeing in the movie theater. If you are able to go out. Now, I understand if people are afraid, especially if you're at high risk. I mean, no movie is worth risking your life over. But if you under, if you're able to see the procedures these theaters are doing and are at least trying to make everything safe, and I'll even say 90% of the people in the movie theater, as far as attendance, they had their masks on. Now, there was a few people with no masks on, but most people were wearing masks and most people were spreading out from each other. So I feel like this is safe. But if you still don't feel it that way or you're preferring the streaming right now, that's fine. But if you decide, you know what, I'm going to be brave and go to the theaters this is one to see it's well worth it it's a perfect movie i know it's technically not the beginning of the summer movie season but this is definitely worth beginning the summer movie season movies are back finally and this is the kind of movie if you feel safe to do so see it on the big screen it's thrilling it's exciting it's a worthy follow-up 
of course, it's not going to quite hit the mark as much as the first film, but I agree with you, Chase. It's very different. And so I guess the innovativeness of the original is a little not as good, but I heard a review that I loved about this, and it said that Krasinski does a better job of mimicking Spielberg than J.J. Abrams ever has. <laughs> he even had, he uh, he named his the pizza place after Jaws. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he a lot of nods to Spielberg in this movie. This, this is there's some really good strong performances, and I like that it's a continuation and it's not just a sequel for sequel's sake. And right, you could watch these two back to back, and it would just feel like one movie because it just that's how it picks up. And yeah, it'd be like a three hour movie. It's a high good for me too. It just it just doesn't quite. It just didn't hit me as much as the original did. Well, yeah. yeah. It, I, I, I guess it, it depends on part three. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I give it a high good as well. And that, uh, yeah. I know in the trailer, because I always like to go back and watch the trailers, um, it shows this, but that whole scene at the beginning, everything that happened before, like we watched them come down, you know, and these, I guess they're meteors or something. All, everything up until we flash back or, or, now forward into what happened after the first one all of that is magic it is so damn good from you know the cop them you know the the sound design the bus the reverse driving noah juke just you know with that he has that face that is just like you know doom is coming and you just feel so you feel him and what he's going through and and what the family is going through um and we got to see the little boy from the first one again that was really nice um they it even, was, they even call perfect... back that rocket ship at the store oh yeah yeah when they're walking through the store it's up on the shelf yeah it's to me that is the most perfect like segment of a movie it is so damn good and so well put together and you're in the back seat with them and and uh, it's it's just so so good um, I, I want to see it again. <laughs> yeah. I guess for me, it's going to depend on that third one. If that third one can equal with these two, then yeah, I'll bump this up to a, a must watch. But yeah, I good until we know how this is all going to wrap up. Is if, Krasinski yeah. going to do the third? Because I heard he was going to do an original, something original next. Because he, of... he is, well, I'll, I'll say this. I do think he will, I mean, he wants to do something. I bet he does. I feel like he'll wrap this up and then move on to whatever he does. And then whatever happens to this property afterwards and oh well. But I do feel like he has a complete story he wants to tell. And there's that one last bit. So, Or maybe it is directed by... I, I, I feel like if he leaves it on a cliffhanger like that, I don't think... I mean, if he had the concern of leading other people to make a sequel to his film something tells me that he's going to want to finish that up because the second one does end on a cl another cliffhanger. So we'll see. And that is all we have on the show today. And next week is actually a big one in the Heights. Yes. Yeah. It comes on HBO max and movie theaters. If you get a chance and you feel safe to absolutely see this movie in the theater, you will not yeah. regret it. We will, we will talk about it in full when we, well, you know, not, we'll, we'll talk about it. And uh, what else is coming out next? Oh, yeah. The... Awake. Awake. Oh, right, right. Yeah. 
and Wish Dragon. Wish Dragon. Both, both on Netflix. Awake comes out on Wednesday. Wish Dragon comes out on Friday. And The Heights comes out on Friday. Yeah, and then I will also uh, cover the uh, Mark Wahlberg movie on Paramount Plus since I have a subscription again now. <laughs> I will do that. No, no. I want to see that. I want to see that. All right, if you want to see that, go ahead. I'm just saying, if you, I, I'm, for right now, out of all the things I've seen exclusive on Paramount Plus between Sponge on the Run and Rugrats and Camp Curl, Sponge on the Run, that's the one thing I was like, man, that, that was good. But yeah, that's if you want to see that, then. Or, yeah, the, the third SpongeBob movie. Is that the one that has Keanu Reeves in it? Oh, yes, it is the one that has okay. Keanu Reeves I wanna, in it. I want to see that. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's completely bonkers, but in the best way, and it's got an amazing animation style to it. I think I've seen Sponge Out of Water. What was the other one? Uh, the first one was just called Sponge, the SpongeBob movie. Gotcha. Yeah, and they all have like celebrity guests to it. This has, or this had Keanu Reeves, and I think another person, but uh, or Gary Oldman, I think. No, maybe not. Oh no, uh, oh Snoop Dogg was in uh the, th- the third one of well he makes he like a musical cameo appearance anyway so uh pond express on all podcast listening platforms your choice spotify and yada yada you know we're on there facebook.com says pond express instagram says pond express twitter t spawn 64 video clips on uh insta reels and tiktok that yeah i've been getting more followers on tiktok although seeing some weird stuff uh too I'll talk for another time. With uh, Cody, I've been seeing your uh, or your uh, video store rejects. Yeah, our Facebook group is growing. Like, I don't even know some of the people that are in our group. And uh, one of my co-hosts has been doing live uh, recordings of just random movies he's wanting to watch. So trying to get some yeah, content, content out there while we're working on the episodes. We just did our T2 episode last night. Which was a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love, I love your whole, you guys, this whole gimmick because you talk about classics and, and older yeah. movies, you know. And I love, I love seeing the posts and commenting on them. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you're worth a view movies and all that. Yep. Go check out uh, the Fleming Film Show. Uh, Cody and I are going to be recording another uh, episode of it today. We're doing a debate. Baby Driver. Oh, wow. We're doing Baby oh. Driver versus Drive. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I'm holding my fist like this. Yay. Until next time, take care. I'll leave it Bye. In.